Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. is sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word can go to the deepest part of our heart. Your word can heal. Your word can touch. Your word can transform. And I ask that your word will come with all the power that it has in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Last week we started a message series tied to the kingdom attitude or the attitudes of the kingdom. And when you are in the kingdom, there are certain attitudes that you must have if you are going to make the best of your kingdom life. So these are attitudes for kingdom living. You can be in the kingdom and not live the life of the kingdom. And if you are going to live the life of the kingdom, the overcoming life, a life that is filled with power and authority, you must have certain attitudes. The first attitude we examined last week was the attitude of faith. And we said faith is the attitude. Faith is not just action, all right? Faith is an attitude. Faith is not just something we conjure as as needed. It's an attitude we must live by. Praise the name of Jesus. It's an attitude that, that God is. God is interested. God is vested in every action. It is very important. We also say faith gives us access to everyone's supernatural supply, which is called grace, right? The Bible says, by grace you are saved, but grace is given to us through faith. Praise the name of Jesus. Today we're going to look at uh, part two of our message, and we're going to look at the attitude of love. The attitude of love. Because faith requires love to walk, all right? A lot of time people have had faith. A message of faith, they read books on faith, you know, they've done all kinds of things on faith, but sometimes they are surprised their faith does not work. The reason why faith doesn't work is because faith requires an attitude of love to be able to work. So I'm going to start from Galatians chapter 5, I'll actually try and read 5, 5 and 6, two verses there, for we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith, right? By faith, we wait for the hope that brings righteousness. We talked about faith as the hope for things not seen, evidence of things not seen yet, all right? For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. When you're in Christ, it's not about looks, it's not about, you know, origin, it's not about all those things, but faith is the key, right? But he said, but faith working through what? Through love. Faith works through love, and it's sad to see so many believers don't understand that. You know, so many, uh, especially Pentecostal believers, don't understand that faith, so many faith people don't understand that faith requires working in love to be able to work. So it's not just always about your faith life, it's about your love life. Praise the name of Jesus. I want you to turn to your neighbor and advise them that it's not always just about your faith life. 
is about your love life. And I don't mean the love of a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, and wife. That's part of it too. That should be standing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, you know, your, your love life, which we are going to, we are going to examine today, is very, in, is very critical for your faith to work. Your faith will not work unless your love work is intact. Love, we know, is the greatest virtue. Uh, and I think this, this message, please don't underestimate, it's very simple, but it's very powerful. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13 tells us, Now abide faith, hope, right, and love. But the greatest of this is what? Is love. So love is the greatest virtue. It's more important than anything if you are in Christ Jesus. Jesus also tells us, Love is the greatest commandment. We all talk about the great commandment. They came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 22. You know, some of the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they got together. They wanted to test Jesus. You know, this is one time the Sadducees and the Pharisees agreed. They really agreed. They, they, were, they had different belief systems. So one day they gathered together. They said, you know what? Let's go to him and say, which is the greatest of the law? Because they are both sects, all right, of, the, of Judaism, and they believe in different things. They emphasize different things. There's always argument over which part of the law is more important, which part of the law is not more important. So they all gathered together and came to Jesus. One of them, who is an expert in the law, tested him with, with this question. And he said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, verse 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And Jesus changed the equation. And he said, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And verse 40 summarizes everything. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In fact, as a matter of fact, all the law, if you look behind all the laws, all the prophecies, all the things that are written, because they had the Old Testament. They had the law, they had the prophet, they had the judges, they had all these things written that formed the basis of their faith. He said, all those things, at the end of the day, they hang on these two commandments, loving God and loving people. It's very important. So love, the attitude of love, is very, very important if you really want to gauge your Christian life. How are you doing? It is, how is your love work? Oftentimes we ask people, how is your prayer life? How is your Bible study life? Those are great, but really the essence of all that is to produce a Christian who can walk in love. So the, the, the better question should be, how is your love life? Praise the name of Jesus. We also learn from the scripture that our faith must be rooted and established in love. You see, faith that is not rooted in love is not a faith that can stand the test of time. In one of his great prayers... In Ephesians chapter 3, Apostle Paul prayed this prayer, and I'll, I'll get there, I'll go there, I'll try to read it, uh, uh, verse 17 through 19. Apostle Paul was praying, he says, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. 
right? You see, through faith. Faith is, everything is through faith, right? Christ dwelling in our through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. And in fact, he's praying for them that they may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the, to the measure of all the fullness of God. So without a proper understanding of the love of God, without being rooted and established in God's love, you cannot be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You just have a fraction, a measure. You just have a little crumb in there. How many of us just want crumb? I don't want crumb. I want all that the kingdom has to offer for me. Amen. I want all that he has to offer. Hallelujah. And he says that it that hinges on our understanding of the love of God that results in being rooted and established in love. Our root, our foundation. The most important thing to us as believers is our love work. All right? And this, this love work is so important that one of the reasons why we have the Holy Spirit is so that we can have the love of the Father. Because love, the love we are talking about is supernatural. In fact, I believe strongly that the most supernatural thing we are called to do is to walk in love. It's much more difficult than walking miracles. It's much more difficult than prophesying. It's much more difficult than speaking in tongues. It's much more difficult to walk in love. Much more difficult. It's much, the most supernatural thing a believer can do is walking in love, is loving people. That's the most supernatural thing. And I'm going to show you in a little while. All right? And that, is, that should be important to you, coming from someone that really believes in the supernatural. All right? But the most supernatural thing you can do is to walk in love. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says, Hope does not put us to shame. Because the law, God's love, I want you to just repeat that. Say, God's love has been poured into our heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hallelujah. So when the Holy Spirit is given to us, God's love, because God is love. Holy Spirit is God. God pours himself into us with love. So the ability to love, because loving is so supernatural, God has to put the ability to love in us. It's not something we can do out of reasoning. Loving is not something you can do out of feeling. Right? Loving is supernatural. Praise the name of Jesus. Jesus said, love those who persecute you. He said, pray for those who despise you. All right? You know, he said, by doing that, you will be like your father. That's how to be like God. He makes the rain to rain, the sun to shine on both the wicked and the evil and the good. That is God's nature. God is able to do that because he's God. Now, we are able to do that because we have the Holy Spirit. We're able to still love. And that is why it is the most supernatural thing. And that is why our faith does not work because it's not based on love. Because love work is not there. Most people don't know this. The, in fact, loving is sometimes the most selfish thing to do. 
if you're not, if you, in, in a very positive way. Because loving people is about your faith working. It doesn't matter how much prayer, how much working in faith. If you are not working in love, they will not produce the desired results. Praise the name of Jesus. When things aren't working, I want you to check your love life. Always go there. Love is essentially an attitude. And that's what I'm talking about. I mean, that's, that's why I'm talking about it in that regard. It's not always about action. Actions are important. But it's an attitude of the heart, our heart. It's an attitude that puts others first. You're asking me, what is love? Love is an attitude that puts others first. In John 15, verse 13, the Bible says, Greater love has no man than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. That's love. Laying down your life. It's an attitude that puts others first. And that's why it is really supernatural. It's supernatural. It's an attitude that honors others, puts others first, regards others, put their interests before your interest. That is so contrary to the world we live in. Most people, we are wired to be about ourselves. Put our interest first, our pride first, you know, our self-esteem first, our way of life first, our comfort first, right? Our everything about us is first. Now, Jesus came and changes all that. He said, no, in the kingdom, is about love. All right, the, only, the most important thing is about loving God and loving your neighbor, loving everyone, putting their interest first. It's very, very powerful, but it's possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 John 4.10 says, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. That's how God demonstrates love. We didn't love him. Right? We didn't love him. It wasn't like God responded to us because we love him. He said, not that we love him, but he loved us. And that's how we ought to demonstrate such love. So love is an attitude that put others first. It's not necessarily things with but an attitude of the heart. Praise the name of the Lord. It is a supernatural attitude, and I want you to get that. Anytime it gets difficult, you should know that it is because it is supernatural. You cannot walk in love by your power. But walking in love, you must as a believer in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It's important. It is the most supernatural thing we can do. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is a chapter devoted to the gift of the Spirit. I mean, we talked about that here a lot. We've studied that, the gift of the Spirit, starting from verse 1, manifestation of the Spirit. Uh, you know, verse 7 is given to everyone, you know, gift of prophecy, you know, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Uh, it talks about working of miracles, gifts of faith, gifts of healings, and it talks about how we all ought to walk in this gift. Every believer ought to walk in this gift. Every one of us, we have this gift. They are supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit, and we must covet it. We must seek it. We must walk in it. We've talked about that. We've preached about that. We've encouraged you. We've prayed for you. We've 
done impartation. So every one of you can find out what is your gift and walk in it. So a New Testament believer must understand the role of the gift of the Spirit. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is the verse. There are many, I mean, the chapter. There are many other verses, but it is the chapter that are exhaustive about the gift of the Holy Spirit and how it should be used in the church. But the last verse is 1 Corinthians Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31 says, which is very important. Last verse. I want all of us to read it together. Let's read it together. Now, eagerly desire the greater gift. And yet, I will show you the most excellent way. So there's something that is more excellent. All right. I want you to desire a gift. I want you to desire prophecy. I want you to go for them. I want you to, you know, walk in them, manifest them. You know, but you know what? I need to show you the most excellent. There's a most excellent way. Something that is even above all that. And it continues in, this is the last chapter. I mean, last verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The next verse is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. Now, I want you to understand that when the scripture were written, there were no chapters. There were no verses. They were just long book, right? They were put there by other people wisely so that we can make reference to them. Otherwise, it would be a long book that we can't even be able to make reference to, right? Uh, so some people arbitrarily just put those breaks. But if you, the next verse said, let me show you the most excellent way. And he said, if I speak in, a, in tongues of men and angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong and a, change, a, 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 a clanging cymbal. I'm just that. So saying the most excellent way is the way of love. Because if I speak in tongues, I've told you about speaking in tongues, I've told all that. If I do all that and I don't have love, then I'm only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, I can receive word of knowledge, I can pinpoint exactly where everything happens in people's life, and I have, and I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. I mean, that's, that's too definitive. That's, that's, that's serious. Say you are nothing. You amount to nothing. All those things amount to nothing when love is not there. If I have no love, it will be irrelevant. In fact, God will not be impressed. That's what he's saying. As far as God is concerned, you are nothing. He's not impressed. Can you imagine you, you perform all great miracles, you do all these things, and God says, you know, I'm not impressed. You are nothing before me. Why? Because you have no love. If I give all possessions to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Now, how is it possible that somebody would do that? Because we can do all these things with not with an attitude of love. There are a lot of other motivations where people will do all this. All right? There are people who will even give what they possess to the poor to boast. All right? To prove that they are better, bigger, more spiritual, more this, more that. There are a lot of people who will do many things 
that are not necessarily motivated by putting others first. They are not motivated by genuine love and concern for people. There are a lot of people that are not motivated by valuing others. There are a lot of reasons why people would do this. So that is why the Bible says faith works by love. Love is very critical. You should always check your love life or your love work. It's very important. Verse 4 says, love is patience. Because when you, you know, it now, it now shifts us to really understand what he's talking about. Now, it is supernatural. It is an attitude of the heart. It is what motivates us. It's what drives us. When you have love, it becomes the driving force, the internal driving, guiding force for what you do. That is the love of God. It's an internal thing. It's an attitude of the heart that the Holy Spirit helps us to develop that guides every other thing we do. Our ministry, our serving other people, even in our service. When we are serving as usher, as this, what drives that? Is it love or not? When they are not driven by love, God is not impressed. Do you want to do everything you do? You want to serve, you want to preach, you want to teach, pray for people, come to church, you know, serve, and they mean nothing to God. Why would you want to do that? And that's why this message is critical. Life in the kingdom is about our love walk. Praise the name of Jesus. So he said, love is patience. Love is kind. When you are driven by love, you have patience. You have patience with people. You are kind to them. All right? Love does not envy. An attitude of love does not envy. An attitude of love is not boastful, all right? It's not about boasting. It's not about showing off. It's not about proving that you have this, you can do this, you have this more than other people. It's not about that. You are not driven by envy of others. Love doesn't envy. It's not jealous of others. It's not envious of other people's success. It's not driven by that. Love rejoices with other people's success. All right? Love does not dishonor others. Love does not dishonor others. In our heart, how do you value others? You see, love, an attitude of love, value people, regardless of who they are, how they look, how they appear, what they have, what they don't have. People who walk in love are able to adequately value people. Not just devalue people because they don't have, they don't have this, they don't have this, they don't meet some standard that we have. They don't wear certain shoes, certain certain clothes. Some of us, that's that's that, that's how we value people. All right. Some of us dishonor dishonor people. You know, that is because we are not driven by love. So some people will do great things, but they will only do it for certain people. Right? 
They will do great things. They will, they will do this for certain because they don't honor everybody. All right? It is not self-seeking. It is not about being a self-seeker. Not seeking attention. You know, that's, that's not that. Love does not do that. It is not easily angered. It's not easily angered. It's not easy. That means that's part of patience. Not easily angered. And it keeps no record of wrongs. It's amazing you walk into church. So many people keep records of wrongs. They have lists in their mind. All right? Of everybody that has offended them. Everybody that has said. Even the one they, they told them that somebody did. Not unconfirmed. It's amazing how many unconfirmed rumor, allegations that people allow to affect the way they treat people, the way they view others. Unconfirmed. That's not love. That's not love. You, if you do all that, I mean, you can be doing all these other things. If that is not something you check from one, once in a while, you will really just be wasting your time. And that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. So it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Does not delight in evil. Does not delight in something bad happening to other people. Right? Or any evil sin bothers love. Someone with an attitude of love is bothered when there is evil. All right? But also rejoices with truth. They're excited when they see truth. Love always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. And I want you to notice the word always. It's not once in a while. Always. I want you to go, I want to go back to verse 7 and say it protects. You see, love protects others. Love is not interested in outing people. You know, he's not interested in just, uh, you know, making sure people are out there when they do wrong. People are just, you know, no, no, no. Love wants to protect people's reputation. Love knows some things about people but doesn't want to say it to everybody. You know, that's love. That's, a lo- that's what love would do. You p- want to protect people, their reputation, their character. Love protects. But also love trusts. And this, I'll talk about this a lot because I've seen this as a major, you know, I've seen this. Love trusts people based on what they present. Not that it's gullible, but trust them. That's a big difference in just trusting people based on what they do. You know, sometimes people do, we, they say, it's amazing how much we judge people's motive when we have no reason to. Right? Somebody gives a testimony, you just say, oh no, they are just showing off. You don't know that. You know, somebody did something, oh yeah, yeah, no, you know, you know, so there are a lot of things we casually do. If you want to work in love, you would choose to say, I trust people. I trust them. If I'm not sure, I'll verify. And when they tell me I move on, 
especially on things that don't bother you. It's amazing how much we pay attention to things that have nothing to do with us. They are irrelevant. They don't affect you. They go on and on about things that don't affect us. Don't affect us. I was speaking with our sister, I think, in the course of the week, about comment about something, you know, some video about a preacher doing something, and you go on and say, you're not there. What's your own business? Some things you don't need to worry about. I mean, worry about what happens here. So sometimes don't take those things to... First of all, they affect you. No, no, they don't affect you in any way. So, so it's important to really be focused and understand that in our dealing with people, trust is important. You know, somebody didn't greet you, and you say, oh, yeah, why didn't he greet you? Oh, yeah, it's because I didn't see you. Just trust it and move on. You don't need to overly say, oh, no, you saw me. You, yeah, I knew you've done it to these people. You've done it all this, you know? Accept people's and move on from there, especially when there's no reason not to. Hallelujah. You see, people who do this, I'm sure they are justifying it. They are finding excuses. They say, oh, no, it's not this. It's not that. Now, the question is, do you want to walk in love or not? Because walking in love can only be your own responsibility. All right? You can't put that on other people to always do what is right. Right? You can't put that. Oh, but if I'm deceived, oh, if they do this, if they do that, you see, love doesn't fight for itself. So what? So what? I mean, they deceive, they tell me, you know, a lot of times I make decisions based on what people tell me. Are you this? Are you that? I'm not doing it. You know what I say? I am not God. I'm not God. And because I want to walk in love, I don't want to make myself other people's God, right? I just trust what they say when I have no reason not to. It's important. Praise the name of Jesus. Always trust, always hopes, hopes for the best. I'm sorry, hopes for the best. Best in life, best in others. Always perseveres. It's very important. Love never fails. And that's one thing about love. It, is, it continues. Never fails. So all these things that we talk about, prophecies, he said they will cease. So prophecy will cease. There will be one day it will be irrelevant. When we get to heaven, we need prophecy. They will cease. Tongue will cease because we know everything, right? Word of knowledge will cease because we know exactly everything. There will be no need. Tongues will cease. They will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will, knowledge will pass away. Because we will know God exactly the way it is. All right? So everything we have now, he said we know in part, we prophesy in part. Even everything we prophesy about, word of knowledge, they are still partial. There's nothing completely perfect and accurate about most of them. When completeness comes, what is in part disappears. Because love is what stands the test of time. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. 
when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. So for now, we see only a reflection in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. That is then, when we meet Jesus. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And he concluded by saying, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest is love. Love is the greatest. It is the greatest. It is the most important. It is what we should always check. What is my attitude with people? Love is what drives every other thing. Our ability to forgive people is based on love. You know, our ability to work with people, our ability to be able to influence people must be based on love. Even when we correct people, must be done in love. That's what scripture says. Even when we speak the truth, must be done in love. Motivation must be, we really want to see change. All right, we really want to see the people become what God wants them to become. Not because we just want to prove a point. All right? Love is supernatural. It can only be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why the more we are open to the Holy Spirit, the more we can love. You see, even in our marriage, when we really love the way Acts 13, I mean, 1 Corinthians 13 wants us to love, a lot of issues will be resolved. A lot of issues will be resolved. Love is, is it, it releases God's power. It makes our faith to work. You see, when you are not working in love, your faith has no value. Your faith will just be making noise. Your faith will not be standing on a wrong footing, on a right footing, rather. Your faith must be standing on the right footing. So walking in love is very, very important. Now, there is no way to adequately walk in love without fully understanding the love of God. And I think that's really where, you see, oftentimes you can take everything that I say now and become very legalistic about it and put a lot of weight and burden on you to go and love people, to go and do this, to go and do that, and be checking yourself where we should do that. But you see, the most important thing to actually do is to fully understand the love of God. You see, many of us, we don't truly understand God's love. If we do, loving people will be so easy. If you truly understand how much you are loved by God, God's love for you is unconditional. God's love for you, I mean, I want you to think about it. God's love for you is unconditional. God gave Jesus for you when you were not even thinking about it. You were not thinking, you, were, you didn't really care, and he cared for you before you even cared for yourself. That's God's love. God's love is not passive. That's why I asked my daughter to sing that song. It's not passive. God's love is, God, God's love is total. He trusts us. I want you to just look at how much God has trusted us, even with, even trust us with the Holy Spirit. 
He trusts us with the gift of the Spirit. He trusts us with the power of the Holy Spirit. And He knows we can go wrong anytime. You don't know, God knows. God knows we can misuse all these things, right? He knows that we can mess up. He knows we can all of a sudden walk away from him. And yet, because of his love, he still gives this to us. Hallelujah. How many of us have been blessed when we don't deserve it? All of us. You don't even feel you deserve it, and God does things to you. And he does that every day. Now, when we understand that, our response is loving. I will take you back to Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to pray for that. Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 17 through 19. This is the, Paul, about the prayer of Apostle Paul. He says, so that Christ, from verse 17, may dwell in your heart through faith. He said, I'm praying for you, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. When we accept him, Christ dwells in our heart. And he said, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love. I said, I pray you will be rooted and established in love, and you may have power. And he's praying for the Ephesians church, but he's also praying for all the saints. He said, together with all the Lord's holy people. And that power he wants us to have is the power to grasp how wide, how long, and high, and deep is the love of Christ. He said, we don't know the extent of the love of Christ. The reason many of us live the way we live is we don't know the extent of the love of Christ. If you know how much he cares for you, if you know how much he really, really does he cares, you will respond better. He said, I want you to know how high it is and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. All right? The love of God surpasses knowledge because it's not logical. God's love is not always, it's not always as a result of logic. It cannot be understood. No matter how smart, how brilliant you are, you would never be able to explain why he loves you. Why he loves you? Why does he love you? Why does he care for you? At some point, David said, what is man that you even care for him? What is son of man that you made him a little lower than the angels, but you confer on him such a glory and honor? What is man? Why? What is, what is important about people? What is important? Why do you care? Even sinners, you care about them. And that is God's love. And he's praying that we know because if we know God's love, it's easy to love. If we know God's forgiveness, it's easy to forgive. If you know how much is done for us, it's easy to love. If you know how he loves people, that he loves even sinners, Right? He loves everyone you meet, people you meet randomly on the street, people who misbehave, you know God still loves them. People you are fighting, that you are reporting to God, you know God still loves them. (laughs) He loves them. (laughs) He loves them. You know, so God is love. 
And we will know that a lot of time our response should be love. I'd like us to pray and bow down our heads. But before we pray, there might be a few people here. You haven't truly encountered God's love. In fact, the way I'm talking about God's love is so foreign to you because you haven't experienced it. You are like, really? I don't feel it. The reason you don't feel it is because you have not encountered it. You have not truly encountered Jesus. You've been to church. Maybe you've had a few things, but you haven't truly encountered Jesus in your your life. If you want to make that decision today, I'd like to pray for you. I'd like you to raise up your right hand. If you're there, you want to encounter the love of Jesus. You're in the house, you haven't. And you want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I truly need to encounter God's love just the way you describe it. If anyone is here, you haven't experienced that, please raise up your hand so that I can pray for you. Hallelujah. Now, I want all of us to rise up. We're going to pray that prayer. Amen. We're going to pray that prayer. I want you to ask that you will be rooted and established in love. I want you to go before God and say, Father, help me to be rooted and established in you. Give me the power to grasp how wide how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge so that I can be filled with all the measure of your fullness so that I can now go out and love others and walk in love and walk in love. Be patient with people. Be kind. Not walk in envy. Not boast. Not walk in pride. Not dishonor others. Not be self-seeking. Not easily angered. I will not keep record of wrong. I will not delight in evil. But I will rejoice with truth. I will always protect, always trust, always hope, and always persevere. Let that be my testimony, that I'm pursuing the most excellent thing, which is love. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. God bless you.